Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Well, it was good to have you this week in Haiti. You know you all were there, right? Amen. We are one body, not multiple bodies. We're one body. And so as momentum goes, so we all are. Yeah, you as a church um, made, made um, us proud, you know, to be able to go into a community, into um, an area, and just shine the light of Jesus. And today we're just going to open up a little bit of conversation about what God's done um, amongst the team. But what's beautiful about it is how many, how many bodies are there when it comes to Momentum Church? Come on, how many? Amen. So as God does something amongst his body in one area, I believe an overflow. Say overflow. I believe God can begin to stir that amongst his house. And so it is such a joy um, to be able to pastor this mess, I'm telling you. And, um, the th- and the thing about it, the biggest joy for me as a pastor in this experience was that I wasn't the boss of, that's what they say in Haiti, the boss. I wasn't the boss of this experience, Hannah was. Give special honor to Hannah as we start. Yeah. So I want to give special honor to Hannah as we start today. It was so cute going through places because they always look for the boss. They want to know who the boss is because that's who they connect with. And they would look to me because I, I'm kind of husky. <laughs> Bossy looking, exactly. And so they would like, boss? No, 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 boss. And they would, boss? <laughs> boss. And then she would go like that. No, she wouldn't. <laughs> So, but what I want to just open up with is just the idea of a lot of times when you go on a missions trip, obviously there's a sense of an open heaven. When you, when you go on a missions trip over a, a period of a week, everything for a year we've been planning this trip. And everything in preparation is to position ourselves to be used by God in the country. But every time we go on a missions trip, God uses the country to give back to us more than we ever could give to the country. Every single time. The Haitians are beautiful Beautiful people, beautiful, beautiful people, beautiful spirits, an amazing heart, and the ones that we begin to meet and know that have been have been um, evangelized by James and Rachel over the last since 2008. It's just an amazing church, a community that's taking place there where we got to be in Lakai. Um, but the thing about this idea of, of preparation and positioning yourself, uh, an open heaven is promised to those who will seek after God. You know, if you seek Him first. Everything is added to you. This is like an open heaven, doesn't it, you know? Um, in, in the Church of Philadelphia in Revelations, during our time together, uh, the Lord brought this forth. And the Church of Philadelphia was a church that the Bible said that, that the one who holds the key of David is in that, in that church. And they embrace him. And that, that's Jesus, we know. But that key of David, it says that, that, that whatever door they open, it will be open. And whatever door they close, will be closed. There's this idea of this, this key of David that opens things. And when you look in the Old Testament, in Chronicles, it talks a little bit about that key of David and its worship. It's, it's the idea of people pressing in. Say press in. And when you press in, God just shows up significantly and beautifully and wonderfully. And so I want to share a passage of Scripture because when we got there, we thought there's such language barrier. You know, it was just a difficult thing um, moving into that place. I kept speaking Spanish, the little Spanish I know. And, and that, that didn't work except for one young boy, which was great. <laughs> it was finally I could talk to somebody. It was awesome. Um, but, but the thing is, there was a language barrier. But the Lord gave us a word as we started um, our, our time there. And it was this idea of the open heaven. And the word came to Hannah. And it was out of Second Chronicles. And as she read it, it is, it's David. It's the key of David. It's this idea of worship. And there's power that comes. I'm going to put the, 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 the scripture up on the screen. It says, Oh, give thanks to the Lord 
call upon his name, make known his deeds among the, couldn't communicate those well, but we were able to make known the deeds of the Lord this week. It says, sing to him, sing praises to him, tell of his wondrous works. And then it goes on down to verse 23, and in verse 23 it tells us this, and this is the passage that Hannah really pushed in on us. It says, sing to the Lord all the earth, tell of his salvation from day to day. You ready? I love this. Declare his glory among the nations. Can everybody say that? Declare his glory among the nations. Ready? One, two, three, go. Declare his glory among the nations. Say it again. That's what we want to happen out of 659. I think that's our address, Arnold Mill Road. We want out of this house to declare his glory among the nations. Amen. And then it goes on in verse 24. Declare his glory among the nations, his marvelous works among all people. For great is the Lord and greatly to be praised. Amen. Praise the Lord. So what I want to do today is I want to throw this over to Miss Boss Lady, okay? And, um, and she's going to lead the rest of our time, and I'll close at the end. And um, just as you listen, get ready to hear things that the Lord will use to open the door of your heart, okay, to what God is doing in you and for your community, all right? And, and, um, and just expect and have an anticipation that that, that open heaven is here. I, I felt it in worship today, Amen. Just an open heaven. I just praise the Lord. And you just can't help press into God without him showing up. And so today as they, they talk and tell their stories, um, just be blessed by it and, um, and, um, and ask God what he's showing you through it. Boss lady. Hi. Hey. <laughs> I don't know what I'm going to share today, so we'll see how this goes. I do have, I have structure brought to me. <laughs> It's funny, she's like, she's like, I have like, I feel like, you know, we, we've been recognizing in Hannah a prophetic edge. That's a beautiful thing to have a prophetic edge. I don't have that. <laughs> so I, I have a planning edge, you know. So I'm like, we got to have planning and prophetic edge. And so, so we're, this will be good. <laughs> Knock it out. All right, here we go. All right, um, you guys are going to hear just some incredible stories today. We cannot recap eight days in what we have, 45-ish minutes or so. I don't know. Um, we can't recap all that in eight days. So just want to put it out there that I strongly encourage each of you to come and find one of us, all of us, something, and take time to hear what God did because it's, it's incredible. And you're just going to get small glimpses. And it was really cool the last night that we were there, um, something that James and Rachel, the missionaries that arise, Haiti, that they um, ask all of their teams to do is to describe their week in one word. And I had no idea what everybody that everyone chose. It was, it was just, it was really cool to hear all that. And I want you guys to hear the words that everyone chose. Um, so, yeah. Well, actually, here, just say it out loud. Just say it real loud. And mine was unlocked. So it was, it was an awesome week. And so I'm hoping that as you hear our stories that you'll begin to kind of maybe put some of those pieces together as to why those words were chosen um, for our week. And like Ross was saying, you know, we, we went with a heart to serve. We went with a heart to, um, to, to declare who, who God is over that nation. And um, we were able to sow into Haiti. And some of those things that we did, um, we did several projects and we worked with a couple different ministries. Uh, first, 
scroll that picture up there. We had um, two homes that we got to uh, be a part of. And two of these homes were in the community of Jelly, right behind where we stayed. And their homes were completely destroyed by Hurricane Matthew, um, just completely wiped out. There are still several homes that were um, destroyed by the hurricane. And these two um, elderly women, Priscilla and Fifi, they both raised their grandchildren. And um, there are several um, churches and organizations that have given money to build these homes. And they were able to hire, hire local Haitians to build the homes. But we just happened to come in at the right time. And so we got to partner with them and we got to paint their houses um, the inside and the outside, and then we got to dedicate their homes and pray over them and pray over that land and walk around that land. And it was, just, it was a really special time. And I want to thank you guys because the extra money that we raised um, that you guys gave went towards, I don't know if you could, in that, those corner pictures, um, we were able to give them housewarming gifts. And we were able to bring them tables and chairs and laundry baskets and wash tubs and cooktop stoves and food and curtains for their windows. And um, we were able to just bless them. And with the um, the abundance of money that, that we raised and that you guys gave, there's another house that's in waiting that um, it's just, it's a cement slab right now. There's nothing left of this home and they're next on the list. And the extra money that you guys gave is gonna go towards rebuilding that house for another family in the community. So thank you. And, and don't you think the Team Cream team cream House looks so much nicer than the Team Pink House? I'm sorry. We had a little uh, competition going on between the teams. So. Go Fifi. <laughs> um, all right. Then we also got to go and go to two schools to visit two different schools. Um, they're in partnership with the Rise Haiti. They're in a, like a food. And so we got to go and just love on the kids and play with them. We got to help with their um, just taking measurements and weighing them. And the kids that needed um, deworming medicine, we had our pill pushers over there making sure that they took their medicine because they don't like it and they want to spit it out. Um, it was just a really neat time just to be able to to serve in that way and just really just to love on those kids and just be able to laugh at them and try to understand them and they think we're crazy and but it made them laugh and it brought them joy and more importantly they brought us so much joy so much joy um and then we went up to um that was oh there we go we went on a very big hike and there are several team members who did not believe me and thought I was exaggerating on how strenuous this hike was. They're like, ah, we thought it'd be like Kennesaw Mountain and we'll just carry, you know, like a little bag of rice. No, 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 no. This thing is like, I mean, it is straight up. Um, Ross was guessing that we probably hiked up what close anywhere from 800 to 1,000 pounds of supplies with 35-pound boxes of rice and beans, and we brought up suitcases. That This community up there, up on top of the mountain with those winds blowing during the hurricane, just devastated the entire area. So we had a bunch of extra suitcases that we were able to donate to them to use for storage for their um, for their their goods, the things that they have in their homes. And, um, and the tables, yeah, tables and benches and what else did we bring up? Yeah, we didn't walk those up. The very strong Haitian people took the, on their head, tiny little old man, old, old man, comes coming down the mountain, and he puts two suitcases on his head and just right on up. I mean, it was, it was insane, and we're all like, we're like dying getting up, the, rock climbing up this mountain. 
Um, but it was, it was really just a beautiful experience. Again, we got to love on these kids. You guys are going to get to see a video later on of, um, of, that, of that community and just the joy that they have. And one of the emails that I sent out to the families, I said, you know, these people, they've, they've lost everything but their faith in Jesus and their joy. And it's just it's really, really beautiful. Um, and then one day we went on something that's called a treasure hunt. And we went down into the city of Lakai to the downtown area. But before we went, we just we spent time in prayer and, and worship that morning and just asked God to reveal to us the people, the treasures that he wanted to see. Just like that parable of the lost coin. Who's the lost coin that you want us to find? Your treasure. And so we prayed over that and, and God brought things forth to our minds and we shared them. And so we created our own little treasure map. And then we went out to this city and we looked for those people. And we found some of them and we got to pray over them. And, and we went, there's a church plant that is in downtown Lakai that we got to go in and visit. And just seeing the amazing things. The last time we were in Haiti, we saw and it was just all cement just and just a mess. And now we got to see it as this beautiful church that's been put together. And, um, and we got to just pray over the city and, again, just declare who God is over that city. And it was, it was a really neat, a really neat time. And then um, at Arise Haiti, they do something called Kids Club. And every Friday afternoon, they have anywhere from 400 to 500 kids that come from miles along the beach. And they come and they just, they worship God and they praise him. And they had um, a, what's it called, a carnival this weekend in Haiti. And the Lakai happened to be the host city for this big carnival. It happens every year. So we got to experience a little bit more of the culture of Haiti, which was, um, was exciting and interesting all at once. And, um, but because of that, they didn't have normal kids club, but we did get to, um, they did kind of a, like a talent show just to see more of performed songs and dances. And it was, it was really neat um, just to see more of their culture. And, but normally they do, like they share, it's like Sunday school, but on Friday afternoons. Um, so, all right. So those are some of the things that we did um, to sow into Haiti. And like, it, like Ross was saying, we got poured into, I, I don't even know how we're going to describe all this. So um, throughout the week, uh, everyone just kept telling me, um, I guess, about my leadership style and just what a good leader I was. I'm like, I, I don't know what you guys are talking about because I don't know what I'm doing. And <laughs> I've never done this before. I don't know. And so I'm just like, thank you, and I'm honored, and I appreciate your kind words, but I really don't know what I'm doing or what, I, what you guys are seeing. And last night on the way home, God spoke to me, and he said, you are willing. You are willing to host my presence. And what else do you need, you know? I don't need to read leadership books. I don't need to go to a conference or something. Man, to host his presence. And I was willing to do that. And from that, the spirit just moved and he overflowed. And other people, I mean, it wasn't just me, other people, you know, I mean, they, they were willing and they pressed in. And it was hard those first couple of days. All those things are unfamiliar and the, the sights and the sounds. And why do these kids have to be hungry? And why, why can't these kids, why do they have to be thirsty? And you're getting used to all of that. And it was hard. And I kept pushing them and pushing them and gently nudging, just keep pressing in, keep pressing in, because I know God has something for you. And, um, you know, and at one point, just, uh, I, I was just like, God, we need a breakthrough. Like, we need, we need something to break through. There's a lot of spiritual, um, demonic spiritual activity just going on outside the walls of where we were. And those first couple of days, I mean, it was hard. It was hard to break through all of that and just pray, God, break through. We need some breakthroughs to happen. And I prayed, and the song um, Let It Rain came to mind. 
and I just began praying, let it rain, let it rain, let it rain. And a cloud comes over the transformation center, and it starts to rain. And it's pouring down rain. And I'm praying, 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 and I get a word uh, from God for one of our team members. And I go over, and I start speaking to her. And I asked Debbie to come over and pray. And we just got to pray on her. And she was filled with the Holy Spirit in that moment and just completely surrendered. And it was like that the entire week, just all these little downpours of just showers of the Holy Spirit. It would just come out of nowhere, which is very abnormal. I mean, literally, like, it would rain out of nowhere, but spiritually too. And it was just, it was so incredible to watch that and to watch, um, it wasn't a one-man show. Like Ross said, like, we're a body. It was not the Hannah show or the Ross show or the James and Rachel show. It was so beautiful. And some people would prophesy and just everybody move in their giftings as it was needed. And some people would prophesy and some people would intercede. And there was healing and there was um, just people encouraging and, and just ministering to each other. And so we, I'm going to pass this off to Jessica, and she's going to share with us first um, just some of the things that, that God did. All right, I'm going to try not to cry through this because, man, it, yeah. <laughs> um, so when I think about Haiti, my one word would be just life-changing. And I was allowed to use that word, by the way, even though it's two. We got a hyphen in the middle. Um, God worked in and through our team in the most miraculous ways, guys. <laughs> I'm going to be okay. <laughs> um, I went to Haiti with the expectation of change. But I didn't know to what extent um, climbing the mountain man, to a village called Dobson was definitely a defining moment for me. It was one of the hardest physical challenges I've had to overcome that led into breaking the spiritual walls down inside of me. God doesn't let us go it alone. He brings others along to strengthen and encourage us. There's a picture of me with this little man. <laughs> that man, he just ran down the mountain coming up with more people's stuff than I can remember. And I had 35 pounds of rice on my back and thought I was going to die, like literally. <laughs> um, at one point, the kids had gotten to the top, and I had started moving further above the rest of the team. And I found my with donkey poop all around me stood. And I was sitting in a field with donkey poop all around me, by the way. And I was like, there ain't no way I'm making it up this mountain. I'm just going to stop right here. I'm just going to look at the beautifulness and let my heart calm down because it was about to be down my chest, like literally. Um, but he found me. He's coming up with another suitcase. And I don't even know what he said to me, but it was get up and keep going. So I got up, and he followed me to the, to the village. He didn't let me stop again. Every time I got slowed down, he just, come on, come on. And uh, it was awesome. When we've reached that point of complete brokenness and feel that we cannot take another step, God's the one that picks us up. He tells us, I'm your God, and you will make it through. Find the strength inside yourself to push. 
just a little harder, and I will carry you the rest of the way. Katie changed my perspective, but more importantly, God changed my identity there. Can I get an amen? Amen. All right, Todd's going to share, and I just have to brag on Todd because he seriously was my peace of mind the entire trip. And I just asked him, I was like, I need you to be my caboose, and please just make sure that there are always 11 people in front of you. And um, he just has such a servant's heart, and it was just, I got to share that, with, share that with him on the plane yesterday and just express my gratitude to him. Man, man has the biggest heart and just the biggest heart to serve, and it's, it was awesome. Yeah, 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 yeah. Well, th- this, this was my second trip to Haiti. And uh, a lot has changed. Hurricanes do that. Um, we went to, uh, to Scipion, and the church there, the first time we were there, it was, it was, a, it was a building, a humble building, but the roof was on and, and door was there and everything. And when we pulled up, those of us that had been there before looked, and what we saw were just basically some walls and a frame and a tarp put over top. And uh, this is where they had church, where we had church on Sunday morning. And boy, did we have church. <laughs> the Haitian people, the, the, the congregation there were just undaunted. They, they were like, okay, it's church, let's go. But randomly, uh, like Hannah mentioned, it, these showers would pop up randomly and, and start to rain. And it began to rain during the church service. And so it was amusing to see the pastors dance as they avoided the, uh, the raindrips coming through the roof of the, uh, of the church. Uh, but we got to go to two churches, one on Dobson and then one on, on, uh, in, in Scipion. And uh, we had the opportunity to, to share the gospel uh, through, uh, basically we we're, were ministering to the kids. And so kind of uh, Addie, we took uh, mo kids on the road here and <laughs> and tried to keep it simple and basic and told a parable to them and and many of the group up here helped act it out impromptu and that was so improv in Haiti and and the language barrier was there and uh, Pastor James would translate for us and they would act it out and the kids would laugh and uh, on top of that mountain a pastor what would 30 people, 30 kids came down at the end and wanted to be prayed for and uh, many for the first time to accept Jesus. And so it was just, just amazing. And, uh, you know, if five years ago you would, someone would have told me, you're going to go to Haiti twice and then you're going to get the opportunity to present the gospel and then see these young kids come and, and find Jesus, I would have been, who, what? You know, I live in Woodstock, you know. Um, but all of us were able to feel that. Um, James and Rachel uh, would pray over the team through the week, and uh, towards the end of the week would would give words that that the Lord had given them to give to to us. And uh, James uh, w- was giving words to the guys, and uh, looked at me and said, "You're an armor bearer." And so, so in, in the Bible, Jonathan uh, had an armor bearer, and it was just he and, 
and the armor bearer, and uh, they decided to go fight the Philistines. And just those two won a great victory. And there was spiritual warfare going on the whole week. And Debbie's going to talk about that. Um, going on the whole week. But in this story, is really interesting is that the armor bearer's name is never mentioned. Because God gets the glory. And there's a scripture. I want to read, read this scripture and end with this. But I think it speaks to the character of an armor bearer. Things. Pursue six. It says, but as for you, a man of God, flee these things. Pursue righteousness, godliness, faith, love, steadfastness, and gentleness. Fight the good fight of the faith. Take hold of the eternal life to which you were called and about which you make the good confession in the presence of many witnesses. The Lord calls us to serve him whether we get recognition or not. But we just have to realize that our Father knows it. Amen. And now we're going to hear from Heather. She has an awesome story. Go ahead. Uh, so before the trip, I was trying to make sure I read the book and have my heart prepared for it. <laughs> and uh, just being prayed up and I was by Wednesday I just felt empty I was like God I don't have any more <laughs> I had the image of, a, of like a hose or just a vessel I'm like Lord okay I don't have anything else to give if you can just flow through me I'm, I'm okay with that um, but I felt really uncomfortable uh, especially not being able to speak their language I felt really weak I felt broken um, I was struggling to stay connected even to my teammates, and um, Wednesday night we were all sitting around the table um, just asking for God's presence, and uh, <laughs> I felt like everyone had received God's word over their lives and um, had just felt his presence, um, but I didn't have anything to share, and Hannah was like, looked over at me, and she's like, are you doing good? <laughs> and I'm like, yeah, I'm good. <laughs> Um, and Rachel looked at me and she said, I see the Holy Spirit giving you a hug and embrace me right now. And that's something that I've written in my journal and prayed a lot of times. That it would be something and down in the flesh and just hug me. And um, she's like, are you a hugger? And I'm like, no, not, not really. I mean, I want to be, but... <laughs> And um, Stephanie looked right at me and uh, very truthfully and in love just shared with me. She said, um, every time I hug you at church on Sunday, you bring your shoulders forward like you're blocking that. Like no one can touch your heart. No, you're guarded. And I just started crying because that's not what I wanted. I wanted to be inviting, welcoming. I wanted people to feel love from me. Um, and Rachel said, Holy Spirit still wants to give you a hug. <laughs> and she said, I, Rachel said, I'm not a hugger, so you have to know this is from the Spirit. And I just thought, okay, this is going to be really awkward. <laughs> but I'm going to obey you, Lord, and I'm going to go hug her, and it will just be over fast. Um, <laughs> um, 
when I hugged her, though, it was not Rachel. It was the Holy Spirit, and I felt it. And she said, lean in. God wants you to be heart to heart. He wants you to give you a heart transplant. He wants you to receive his love, and he wants you to be given his love and, and to, to operate and give mercy in a way that you never have before. And I just felt God say, I'm going to make you whole. And um, the whole time I had been praying for him to just flow through me, he said, I don't, I don't want to leave you there. I don't want you to be an empty instrument. I don't want you to be whole, hollow. I want you to be a cup that's filled, that's overflowing, and that people feel that love because you've been filled with it and you're overflowing with it. And now Heather gives the best hugs in the world. It's, it's she does. So get your get your hug afterwards. I'm just kidding. Don't do that. <laughs> All right. Um, so next we're going to hear from Crystal, and she's going to share a little bit about um, what God did in her. So mine started on Sunday. My story started on Sunday, and I didn't know it, um, but. When Ross was speaking, um, he talked about the Judases in your life and how God, how Jesus let, um, used Judas to bring forth the fruit of the Spirit. And it resonated with me. And um, if you don't know, I'm a school teacher. And um, sometimes there are lots of Judases. And... Um, so, you know, I was just kind of going through the week and kind of the same thing. It, there was a heaviness and I just, I couldn't shake it. And then we got to Wednesday night and you're going to hear about Wednesday night probably over and over. Um, and um, they, Rachel, again, it was like a women's week, these poor guys. And, um, but um, Rachel spoke some things over me and um I am one of those people who, um, when I have an issue, and I had, I had two issues this week just internally, and when I have an issue, I stew, and I stew, and I stew, and I stew, and um, then I want to talk to people about it, and I, or not people, but mainly Chip, um, or a friend, Hannah, here's some, and, um, but I stew, and I talk about it, and it's like a vent, and it's a vent. And so before Wednesday night, um, Tuesday night, I think it was, um, I was going through something and um, I, God just reminded me of one of the devotions that um, was in the book that Hannah asked us to read before we left. And so I went, um, I got, we got back and I went to it and um, I was reading the devotion over and, um, and so I just started praying um, instead of stewing about what, what I was feeling. I just started praying, and um, it was so freeing. And then some things over me, and Ross um, said that um, I would be uh, overflowing with milk and honey. And I keep going, and through the rest of the week, and there was something else that bothered me, and 
um, again, instead of talking about it, I just started praying over the situation. And um, I looked at Lisa, and I was telling her about kind of what I was going through. And um, she goes, and you're leaving that here. She goes, you're leaving that here. And um, so as I was praying this morning about what I was going to say, um, it just kind of all tied together, you know, the Judas and, and, and letting that produce the fruit of the Spirit in me and then overflowing with milk and honey and, um, and then just leaving what I, that, that problem of stewing and um, just leaving that there so that um, instead of talking about it and talking about it and talking about it and becoming angrier and angrier and um, or jealous or, or whatever the problem is, that I just start praying about it immediately. And um, so um, Rachel, one of the things that she gave me was the story of Elisha. And so I just want to read you some of the verses that really resonated with me. And I don't even know if all of this is making sense to you because it makes sense in my head. But um, so <laughs> um, one of the things that she said, uh, Elijah said to Elisha, tell me, what can I do for you? This is from Second Kings 2. Tell me, what can I do for you before I am taken from you? And Elisha said, let me inherit a double portion of your spirit. Um, and then Elijah, you know, gets taken up into heaven and um, his cloak falls over. And um, Elisha took the cloak that had fallen from Elijah and struck the water with it. And he was at the Jordan. And where now is the Lord, the God of Elijah, he asked. And when he struck the water, it divided to the right and to the letter, left, and he crossed over. And I feel like that's exactly what's happened, is that the, the water has parted. I'm crossing over. And as we are flying out yesterday, um, I just, I think a lot of us just <laughs> started crying. And um, Ross said, leaving a little, bit of piece, little piece of your heart here. And I said... Or taking a whole big, big part of my, a big, bigger heart home. So, that's my story. And, sorry, one last thing. So, I am on assignment. So, those of you that know me well, I'm making this confession that I'm on assignment. And I need, I'm going to need your prayers um, to hold me to that. And next up, oh. Um, there's something very significant that happened this week, and I, um, I specifically wanted Debbie to share this, and she didn't want to share, and I was like, I need you to speak on Sunday morning, <laughs> and um, so she is going to share. Go ahead. Hello. Okay, I'm Debbie, if you don't know me. Um, this started back in our fast, because I felt the Lord laid on me that... I have the small group, which is not so small now anymore, and we call it the fight club because we fight. It's a women, and we found women fight each other instead of the enemy, and I called it the fight club for that. I didn't want to start this group when this first started, and God has opened my arena in my home where I did not want to have it in my home, and it's, it's been totally Holy Spirit-led. But I felt that during the fast, the Lord said to me, you cannot lead this group until you seek my word every morning, do not put your feet on the ground. Like it was a big challenge to me. Like, so I set myself up for success and I'd have my phone charged, my reading glasses by my bed. And the minute my eyes would open, I would read the word. And I did it through the whole fast, life-changing for me. But while that time, 
He was preparing me for Haiti, little did I know, and for my group before I came. So I would study the armor of God. I took a screenshot of it. A couple days before I left, I had saw this book from Lisa Bevere about um, girls with swords. And I told my fight club, I just have this urgency that we need to get this book. We're gonna, we haven't even finished the first series, and we're going to get this book, Girls with Swords. And it comes with this necklace, too. It's really cool. It's a sword necklace. We'll just get it now while it's still coming with this promotion of the necklace. <laughs> so the girls get this necklace with the swords just a few days before we leave. And um, the minute we touch down in Haiti, I feel this heaviness. Me and Stephanie literally felt sick to our stomach. We start praying. We're on this bus ride, four hours. It's dark at night. Feel this heaviness. And I remember the armor of God. I remember what he told me to pray on. So I pull it out. Me and Stephanie start going over. We're praying over it. Um, and um, <coughs> one of the quotes in the book from Lisa Bevere was, the word is not just something to be studied. It is a weapon to be wielded. It is not meant only to be in our hearts, but on our lips as a heavenly weapon against lesser realities. Um, so this sword represented that for me now. Now, least, now, James and Rachel don't know any of this, any of this story. So we get there, and the Holy Spirit is, I mean, again, forging through those first couple days, difficult, rain coming down, praying with Hannah, just watching, just, just flowing more and more each day. Well, we, Wednesday was amazing, but Thursday for me, she came, and she sat down, and all of us sat at this table again, and um, James said, Off, too often we get confused whether we're hearing from God or is it our own thoughts. And he says, and what happens is I'm guilty of that as well, he said, as I am. And he said, we just need to be still. I think we're all doing, we just, oh, we're really getting excited Wednesday happened, here's Thursday. I want us all to just be still and ask the Holy Spirit to come present. And he starts singing the song. And the song's words were, I want to stand by your side, reach for the sword in your hand. It's overwhelming. So Hannah's beautiful voice starts singing the song. We start singing the song, reaching for the sword. Now start singing, he starts singing, and all of a sudden he's closing his eyes and he says, I see women with swords. He says, I see them wielding their swords. They're front, you know, they're frontline women. He said, they're forerunners. I see this so powerfully. And he's like, I want you to reach for that sword. I want you to declare what it is. And we are just weeping. And he, and they said, we, we don't usually do this. We're not feminists. We don't just pick up women. He's like, I'm just feeling this strong urgency that these women need to come forward. Um, so I thought to myself, if I wasn't in the position during that fast to be obedient, to say, okay, Lord, I am not going to put my feet down on that ground before I hear from you. And as I'm hearing from him, I'm being confirmed miles and miles away from people who do not know me about this sword and this wielding and why I'm leading this group and why it's not me and why I need to be with the word of God. 
And just to tie this in so beautiful that I was not going to say at the end of this today is my positioning, my positioning. My husband is not saved. And when I come home and I tell him these stories, I need him to at least go, hmm. So it's just, he understands that. Well, this morning, I said she had laid something at all of us. She gave us all swords, the women. Each one of us got one and was represented by a sword. She handed us all swords. It was beautiful. She handed this to me. She said, your name is not Debbie. Your name is Deborah. She said, you are a lioness. And she said, you are in the tribe of Judah. Uh, my husband this morning, he runs a restaurant, and he has bands that play for him. And Atticus said, hey, Daddy, what's the opening band that's playing? He said, Judah and the lion. And then he said, hmm. <laughs> okay, it's my turn, I guess. Um, I'm not too good at speaking, but um, if you guys know me, you know that I love God. But the past two years... have been really hard. <laughs> Sorry, bad day to wear mask. <laughs> um, I, I knew that he was there, and I knew that he died for me, and I knew he loved me, but I did not feel him at all. Um, I would pray every night to feel him and to know him. I wanted to know him so bad. Um, there was times when I gave up, but I always kept going back because I knew that I wanted that relationship. I knew that I wanted him to be my friend. <laughs> and, um, I felt like I was getting mad sort of at God because I was seeing all this awesome stuff going on in everybody else's lives. And why couldn't that happen in mine? Why couldn't I feel him? I didn't, I knew that a couple years ago, my parents had to pull up the anchor that they set for me when I was young, and I needed to have my own anchor. Um, and I really felt like that happened in Haiti. Um, Dad's going to help me with this because it was a blur, <laughs> but it was crazy, and I want to. So you can see over there on the right, um, Pastor Stephanie in the green shirt praying for Auburn. And that morning, Auburn, like she does often, God, I just want to feel you. I just want to feel you. I just want to feel you. I want to know you. I want to feel you. And Stephanie felt led to go pray for her. Well, I'm taking that picture because I'm pacing that middle aisle. God touched my daughter, you know, to work at Aubrey. And um, feelings, we can't go by feelings. Feelings come, feelings go. Our warrant is the word of God. Amen. It's not feelings, but still, God, give her something that's hers. As you heard her early say that her word over the week was mine. Mine. That was her word this week. It was mine. Give her something that's hers. And so I'm fighting it because I don't want to be dad. Stephanie leaves her, and I, I don't want to be dad. I don't want to be dad. I just, I'm, I'm not going to go pray for my daughter. God, just touch her, and, I'm, and, and then I, I'm going to go pray for my daughter. <laughs> so I sit beside her, and I pray with her, and, and, and I just 
as we're praying, the Lord takes me to Joshua, the first chapter, and and I just said to her, I said, honey, you know what? I think you're a lot like Joshua. Joshua's going to go in and possess all that God has for him, but he's afraid, you know. He didn't feel the strength of God. He didn't feel the confidence of God. He, he's not feeling something, but God commends him and tells him that he is one that is committed, that he doesn't turn from the right or to the left. That's commitment. And that he meditates in the word day and night. That's consistency. I'm like, baby, I've watched you. You were committed and you're consistent in spite of not feeling. That's awesome. And I told her, I said, that's a beautiful thing. And then God says, fear not, you know, for I am with you and I will make you prosper. I said, and, then, and then it hit me. I said, oh, you know what? Joshua was the guy that in battle, he had a sun, sand, still experience. So your experience is coming, but you just stay committed and consistent. And don't worry, God's going to show up. And he's going to let you know something that is without a doubt him. And it, it may not feel all mushy and stuff, but you're going to know it's him. And so we prayed with that, and that was that. And she said she got a lot of peace out of that. So we come back to our seats in the front where we are in a little circle. And Todd, he has a sheet of paper he picks up and didn't understand what was going on. And Todd said, I found this. This flew and hit. It's this one right here. It's, it's this paper right here, and it flew and it hit Lise in the face. <laughs> All morning, it was kind of cold. It was chilly in there because the wind was coming off the beach inland. But for some reason, things had shifted, and the wind actually started blowing from inland out. And this thing blew and hit her in the face. Todd grabbed it, you know, and he held on to it. Well, then he comes and sits down, and when he sits down, he goes and he starts to read. And he starts to read, be strong. And brave, do not be afraid, do not fear, don't lose hope. I am the Lord your God, I'll be with you wherever you go. Joshua 1, the exact verse I just shared. I, I don't know why I did it. I had my Bible, man, I slammed my Bible like a football because it was like, man, touch freaking down, you know. And I, I just could, I started jumping. I looked at her and I was like, that's yours, girl. That, that's your experience. That's, that's your son stand still. Don't you, you have a story. You don't ever doubt it, you know. And then Todd still has the sheet of paper, and I went over, and I took it from him. And I gave it to Aubie, and I'm like, Aubie, or I teased Todd. I was like, you can get it, but I'll fight you for it. And I was like, you keep that. That God showed up. And, and as we close, the idea of positioning is so important, you know. Stephanie positioned herself to pray with Aubie, you know. I positioned myself as a dad. I, I, I was trying to fight it, but to, I didn't have that word until I sat down. It wasn't until I got in position that the word came, that the heavens opened, and then the word came. The wind, God got involved and positioned the wind. Her face got involved. <laughs> Tabasco, that's her nickname because she's fiery and spicy. So Tabasco's face got involved, and then Todd gets it. He could have crumpled up and thrown it away, and he didn't. And he positioned himself to be faithful to read it, you know. I mean, just, and nobody knows where this sheet of paper came from. Nobody, I mean, like, nobody, it's in English. It's not, it's, it is curriculum we teach here. It's been about four months ago when that lesson was taught. It's not folded. It's perfect. Nobody said that it was in their Bible. It just, my Jesus, only God. And so I want to challenge us to live lives where we position ourselves and you may go, that's just my mind. That's just my brain. You know, God's telling me to do something. Well, don't overthink it because you'll think, that's just my brain. Guess what? God works in your brain. Right? Isn't that cool? He, that, what else does he use? That's what you think with, right? 
So as you sense something, get in position and watch the heavens open and watch God move. I'm going to show you something real fast. Watch this 15-second video. for like a half hour, 45 minutes of just spontaneous singing and worship and praise. It was killer. It was awesome. Um, those are people on that mountain, Dobson, Mount Dobson, that, that had lost everything in the hurricane, you know, and they're just worshiping the Lord. It was so beautiful and so powerful. And so as we close, I want your hearts to be challenged by the things said. I want your hearts to be positioned for what God's going to do and then watch the heavens open as he pours out. But then I want your hearts turned toward Haiti. These are people, that's a church plant, an Assemblies of God church plant on that mountain. The other church plant was a church plant, an Assemblies of God church plant on the other mountain, on Scipion, Scipion and Dobson. Um, we believe in church planting here at Momentum Church, amen? amen. And so I, wanna, I want to put up one last picture and we're done. This is Pastor Evenson um, right here, and he is a church planter. And, uh, man, God has just done so many incredible things. This is the man that they've all met a couple years ago. And um, they're right now building the Bible school above their church. When that Bible school is finished, they're going to start planting outside of their church. What's neat is it's kind of, to me, it's like, hey, I felt just a stir in my heart that we're going to be church planters in, in Haiti. Amen? Woo! Amen. We want to plant here, obviously, but yeah, yeah, yeah. And so I just want you, I just want... I want you to begin to pray now. I don't know when, you know, but at some point we're going to make a commitment to help them plant churches. When he's ready to go out into that community to plant churches, we're going to help them financially. The church that they're in, the building, was an $80,000 building that a church gave 40000 half the price they needed to buy the building. And the Assemblies of God in Haiti paid the other half. And so um, we want to... Um, we want to be a people that, 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 that can sow into Haiti in that way. And we're going to have a long-time relationship, I believe, with Rebenson. And so just be even now praying about that down the road. Um, um, right now, they're, about, about, um, they're just an amazing group of people. You know? so, but it's not an accident that we have Pastor Marvin here, who is Haitian. It's not an accident. We didn't know God was going to link us up with Haiti so much that we have Marie-Jean Louis and her daughters here that are from Haiti. It's not an accident that we have Joe Etienne you know, that is here, that is from Haiti, you know, and um, God has just given us a link to Haiti, and so let's close in prayer, and um, amen. Father, right now, we thank you, Jesus, that you're faithful, and you've caused us to have a heart for Haiti. You've placed seeds of Haiti right in this house, and Lord, we want to be a partners in the harvest that you have for that, that nation, and we lift all this to you. Those in this room here an opportunity we're going to have as we dismiss. If anybody wants prayer, they'll be able to come to this altar and be prayed for by this, this team if they want prayer. And, Lord God, if they um, have a heart to be positioned in what you have for them next, God, just allow them to know there's an open heaven that's promised to them and that you're going to speak your word into their life and make a huge difference in and through them. In the mighty name of Jesus, amen. Thanks for joining us for this episode of Fuel for the Journey. For more information, please check out www.momentumchurch.tv.